Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train a coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. The train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Faith is the key Open the doors and bottom Intervention in the affairs of men 
in the person of Master W. Far Muhammad, to whom all praise is due forever. We thank him for his wise choice in finding one and raising one in the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the eternal leader of the nation of Islam, and certainly a most indeed. We could never thank the two of them enough for leaving with us in this dispensation of time. Their divine reminder, and then some. Their perfect helper, and then some. He is a torchlight for America and a warner to the nations of the earth in the person of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We thank you, and we can never thank Allah enough for this opportunity waking up us up this morning with a reasonable portion of health so we can come to you and give to you what we've been given since the last time we came before you. We want to thank Almighty God for Brother Rudolph Muhammad, who held it down last week, solo dolo by himself, but he could speak to the tribute of his father, Commander Rocky Robinson, forever, 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 James Robinson and the tribute coming from his family and those who he raised in the profession of emergency medical services and then some. So let me get out your way. I thank you later on. You know, I love to have an attitude of gratitude, but so does this man. And we'll allow him to welcome us and we'll move forward with today's program. Brother Rudolph, the floor is yours, sir. Brother Rudolph, are you with me? You know what we say about technology, brothers and sisters, and again, we thank all of you for coming on, and I pray that I'm being heard. That technology is great. It's just not an exact science. And as you're um, probably hearing on the news, they're having hearings on Capitol Hill relative to this AI, not Allen Iverson, the former NBA Basketball Hall of Famer, AI, artificial intelligence. And so that's a part of this technology that many are saying it's a monster that's taking on a characteristic all of its own, but others know what what the, what the uh, real reason is for it being. But I will just wait, and I pray that I'm being heard. Brother Yusuf, can you uh, Brother Farzan. Yeah, I do hear you now, sir. Go right ahead, brother. All right, thank you, sir. Welcome is yours, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Beginning all things in the name of the Most High God, the one who is responsible for your and my existence, the creator of all that was, is, and will be, the great I am that I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last that magnificent one who is um, omnipresent, omnipotent, and who is the initiator of all things. That one who everything happens either by his permissive will or his active will. Nothing goes on without the stamp of the Most High God. And so we thank him for giving us another opportunity in his wonderful creation called life, 
it's another day and another chance to correct the wrong, a chance to try and get it right. That's right. We who are or should be his servants, um, you know, we should glorify, we should rejoice, we should be excited anytime we get the opportunity to bear witness of the goodness of the Lord. As Brother Yusuf said, yes, that attitude of gratitude, which will take you to a higher altitude. Yes, why? Because nobody, a whiny, complaining, nagging individual, nobody likes a bad luck schlep rock. Wowsy, wowsy, woo. Oh, today is such a bad day. (laughs) Never mind the fact that you woke up to see the day regardless what was going on. It could be a tornado outside. could be storming. It could be Mm -hmm. in cat's dog pitch. In buckets, but you're alive to see it. It could be 112 degrees, but you can feel the heat on it somewhere who wish that clock was. The alarm clock may have gone off in their room, but they still did budge because their time was up. Well, in the church, Brother Yusuf, you know, there, there's a song, brother, that we saying it says, testify while I have a chance because I ain't not have this chance anymore. Yes. That's right. And so while the blood is still running warm in my veins, I will take this opportunity mm-hmm. to bear witness of the goodness of God, regardless of what That's you right. call him. Regard how you please him, regardless of what your faith, practice, customs, and rituals are. The scripture says that um, the fear of God is the. Uh, now I'm not the pastor, so I am not charged with the correct. Um, um, uh, uh, um, repeating of the scripture I'm paraphrasing I just want to put that out there But it says that the beginning of wisdom Is the fear of God And you know Why should we fear him We should fear him Because If we had common sense We know what his wrath Could be And would be And by all right should be to ungrateful people. We have done nothing to deserve the goodness and greatness that God has blessed us with for however long we've been on this planet. There's nothing that we could do that would add up or that would qualify us to receive one iota of what he has blessed mm-hmm. us with. He has grace and which means that he has nothing to do. Brother Rudolph okay, you know, faded he, he, out, he, big brother. Okay. Oh yes sir. I I I so you know nothing us and all things that regardless to man or lay 
all language, there is but one God, and we forever praise and thank him for another opportunity to serve his creation. And so, That's right. Brother Yusuf, yes, sir, you know, we I told them last week when we started the show that I felt like I was driving down the highway in my vehicle, and you know how when you drive in your car and you're missing your spare tire, you know, that spare tire gives you a, a, a it gives you a sense of confidence that you can get on that road and go where you're going because you know even if something happens you have that extra tire there to keep chugging down the road. Well, I felt like a man who was driving on four flats without his spare tire last week because my brother, my friend, my partner, not in crime but in Christ. My my, my right. right hand wasn't physically with me, but praise be to Allah, he was doing the work that he is called to do because we're all called to do a mission. We all have a ministry and a mission here if we're Please. alive on this planet. And, this, you know, blessed is the man who knows what his mission is and is found doing it well how do you know what your mission is well you have to study yourself and you have to ask your creator if something happens to your car you riding a benz or a lexus or an audi and something go on with the car who you you take it to uh, a joker crackhead mechanic around the corner or you the uh operator's manual and look for the chapter and the section uh, that causes that light to be on to see what the possible problem could be and then take it to a mechanic that specializes in that type of vehicle. If you're smart, that's what you do. Well, well then why wouldn't you go to the author of your and my existence to ask him what it is that he has determined for your and my life? You know, that's just a question. As our singer used to say, these are just things to make you go, hmm. This mm. week, yes, sir, this week, you know, we are going to um, discuss a, a, a quite a few um, things to make you go, hmm. And we are expecting calls to come in from subject matter experts, um, uh, of all fields, but the main thing that we want to press upon the listener's mind this week is that it ain't over yet. The minister told us, watch the weather. Well, if you have been watching the weather, then you see what's going on. Well, we know that that word watch means something. Well, yeah, a watch is a timepiece that allows you to calculate time, that is a watch. But we also know that a watch means that you are spying, spying something. You're keeping a lookout for something in particular because you are expecting something to happen. And after you have a warning and then a watch or a watch and then a warning, that thing may very well produce itself. And, of course, 
the end-all, be-all is by the grace and mercy of the creator how you come out of it. But what is it that you can do? What is it that you have the power to do to help mitigate the circumstances that would um, retard a catastrophic and total devastation versus just a mere inconvenience of circumstance. And this is what we try to teach each week when we come before you and come on these airwaves. We try to let you know the things that are within the parameters of your paw view or your hand to be able to do in order to kind of help um, uh, solidify your place and so that you, yourself and all who look to you for sustenance are not totally devastated by a natural disaster, a man-made disaster, or a technological disaster. Well, we keep using the word disaster. What does the word disaster mean? It means a situation where your resources are overwhelmed by the situation. And that could be anything about natural disasters. But, heck, think about this. You have to get to work. You have to get your children to school. And your gas tank is on E. And you have no money in your pocket. Is that a disaster? You're trying to get to work. And you have two flat tires on your vehicle. Is that or could that be a disaster? You're trying to cook dinner. And you run out of a major ingredient that you need to complete that meal. Could that be the grounds for a disaster? You see, disasters come in all shapes and forms and sizes. So disasters are relative to the individual, and disasters are relative to time and place that we're talking. So what we try to do is give you the best practices that may help you to have a favorable outcome when disaster strikes. Because as Brother Yusuf so eloquently says every week, coming to a city near you. Brother Yusuf? Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brother Rudolph, for that warm and laying the base, uh, the, the, the base assessment, if you will. Uh, baseline assessment for what it is we do here at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. For our first-time listeners, no for the surety, we want you to become self-reliant in taking appropriate action, as Brother Rudolph said, in any response to any emergency. We need you to survive, as the gospel singer Hezekiah Walker would sing. And for those who may be first-time uh, listeners and you hear Brother Rudolph and I uh, do as that gospel song says, lift the blessed Savior up, lift, lift the blessed Savior up from eternity. If I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. It's not by accident that we come to you that way because we just are grateful for the opportunity to want That's for right. you what we want for ourselves. 
And yes, so when Rudolph, Brother Rudolph starts on that that high note, you know, he he, he tries to fall back like uh, his prophet Jonah says he's not a, a, a pastor, but he's, he's, he's definitely a student of Scripture, and I know he made you think this was a church. This was a church program. Well, if it means serving our people as a minister, yeah, it is. If, if, if it means mosque, which just means a spiritual institution in French, you know, the same thing. We come to serve. We come to uh, ask God's permission to be your servants. And so i tell you one thing. I can tell you about the, you know, what this program promotes, the awareness, engages in public outreach to inform, to educate, and to train all people and how to best prepare for and respond to and recover from all emergencies. I can give you, you know, part of our mission statement and the objective of coming here is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness to help you determine the best choices in any emergency response to avert danger and save lives. I can tell you that. I can tell you about our vision is that you and I, and each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, understand their personal responsibility for their safety, or should I say our safety, let me make it personal, of myself, my family, my neighbors, and the overall well-being of the community, we can lay that baseline assessment for you. And I hope I'm not talking too fast. I've been known for talking too slow. But anyway, anyhow, we have to show an attitude of gratitude just for life, just for love, just for traveling mercies. For as Brother Rudolph held the showdown last week along with his families and colleagues of the Bedside Volunteer Ambulance Corps in a tribute to James Rocky Robinson, uh, Almighty God Allah had me traveling. He was ordering my steps in a particular way. And yes, it just yes. so happened that last week, as the hip-hop artist said, on a world tour with Muhammad, my man, I was in seven cities in seven days. Yes, I left yes. Virginia Beach last Thursday on my way to Victoria, Virginia, at a family reunion held by my wife's family in a town that's so small it still only has one traffic light in the year 2023. Wow. But you could be anywhere on the planet. You could be anywhere on the planet, and you never know who's watching you. I went That's to right. work out that morning, Brother Rudolph, and uh, I was after my workout, I was in the van. My wife wanted to go in the supermarket, so I said, you going out, I, I'll chill out in the van. A sister walked by me, and I said, peace and blessings, sister. And she said, peace and blessings to you, sir. Thank you. She looked at me. She continued to look at me. She said, brother, you look so familiar. I said, oh, Lord, where is this going? (laughs) (laughs) So I said, yeah. She said, and it's not that you just look familiar. It was your voice. Okay. I said, well, I'm here for a family reunion, are you? She says, no. (laughs) I said, well, did you go to Norfolk State? She says, no. I said, were you, a, were you a firefighter or a firefighter? Ding, ding, ding. Right. I said, well, I'm Yusef Muhammad. She 
she knew who I was, and I knew who she was as, as we were having dialogue. Then we yes, looked sir. like, what the heaven are you doing here? Do you live in this area? We both thinking the same thing. Right. Come to find out, sister's a retired firefighter out of Fairfax County, Virginia. And she's wow. now the state coordinator, the health state coordinator, and she was on an assignment, as you talked about that assignment. Yes, right? sir. You just never know who you're going to meet. Right? So then I go from Victoria, Virginia, leave there and go up to Washington, D.C. to see my aunt and my uncle fellowship with the believers at Muhammad's Mosque Number 4 under the leadership of Minister Abdul Qadir Muhammad and had a great time there. So I did Brother Brother Victor. He asked about you, as I yes. told you earlier. Yes, sir. Then I left D.C. and went up to Atlantic City, New Jersey, to see my nieces, nephews. Blessing, blessing, and do some work, some landscaping for my niece who she, you know, she that that that's beyond her purview. But we believe in making a place we 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 go to better than it was before we left. And so, I was there for a day, then left over there and went over to Philly for the FEMA's summit on disaster preparedness for older adults. Yes, and uh, was was with Sister Doctor Anel Prim and others from around the country engaging in what FEMA offered, which was um, they provided a, a, a space to learn from partners and deepen its understanding of old, older adults' preparedness, the, the barriers, the challenges, and existing resources to better ensure future resources that reflect their needs. Shout out to all the elders on whose shoulders we stand, all the pioneers on whose shoulders we stand. And uh, it was certainly it was certainly personal for me because my wife is the primary caregiver to her mother who stays here wow. throughout the week. The summit also facilitated partnership and dialogue between FEMA and expert community-based organizations serving older adults to support future collaboration and planning. And you know, Brother Rudolph, we say all the time that it's about community investment, community involvement, community partnership for community risk reduction. So I was right on time, and I thank Dr. Prim for inviting me and Brother Marcus Coleman, who's the director of uh, the Department of Homeland Security Center for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships, we uh, began our relationship going back to Hurricane Katrina when he was the assistant director. And so another part of the objective was to support the development of the 2023 Ready Campaign messages through feedback from attendees to ensure materials reflect and address barriers older adults face in preparation. And lastly, uh, the summit's uh, objective was to provide community-based organizations that support older adults with inclusive disaster preparedness materials and resources to assist their work. 
So it was just another extension of what we do every week here by God's grace and mercy. I left Philly after the summit, made my way to New York to be with my son and my two granddaughters for that night. And then the next night, I was scheduled to be the keynote speaker at the Firebird Society, which is a local chapter of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, to be the keynote speaker at their uh, scholarship banquet, their annual scholarship banquet, where they gave uh, scholarships to young people and gave awards to well-deserved community activists, and that was up in New Haven, Connecticut. And uh, my dear friend and brother is the chief of the department there in New Haven, uh, Brother Chief John Austin. And so, yes, sir. you know, I just am eternally grateful. I want our listening audience to know why we say what we say in the beginning of this program. Because, you know, <laughs> there but for the grace of God go I. Can't speak for Brother Rudolph, but... You know, I could be laid out in the street like too many of our people are laid out in the street. You see? Right. But he's got me on a mission, and I like it like this. In my prayer, Brother Rudolph, I say, uh, oh, Allah, increase my level of obedience. And so if you're asking for that in your prayer, and the minister asked us to ask for that in our prayer, then I, I, you know me, brother. You know us, bro. We, we know God has a sense of humor, so He wants to see if you're gonna punk out. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, you right. asking for this? Okay, I'm gonna put it right in front of you. Now what you gonna right. do? Here you go. Here you go. You asked for it, you got it. Toyota. Look. <laughs> so look, I'm grateful. Between the 95 degree heat and the torrential downpours. I was cooler than the other side of the pillow because God had me. You know, I used to tell my mother he takes care of babies and fools, and so I'm both. So the God had yes, me. Sir. I'm back in Virginia, seven cities yes, in seven days. And by the way, let me tell you all something. As I was moving north, a day or two or three afterwards, my wife was telling me, you know, our oldest granddaughter got COVID. What? My mother got COVID. What? My father got COVID. What? My sister got COVID. What? My sister-in-law, I mean. What? And let me, let me, it was about 10 people in a uh, family reunion of about, I say, 150 persons, maybe 200. And there were, I say, about 10 people who contacted the COVID. And right before she gave me the first report, most honorable Elijah Muhammad talked about radio in the head. I was just thinking, Brother Rudolph, about, you know, we really had no clue where those people came from. They came from all over, you know what I mean? I mean, we know the cities that they came from, but who they had been around. And, you know, we caught up in, man, we ain't seen you since the pandemic. So it's good to see you. So brothers and sisters, word to the wise is sufficient. This disease, this pathogen hasn't really gone anywhere. May not be the pandemic, but just be cautious. Brother Rudolph will give you the update of the landscape about what you could do in this dispensation of time. But we've been telling you since the beginning, build up your immune system. Get in shape. 
This program is about everything from viruses to vaccines, from fire safety. Here we go. We have a guest in the building, in the studio. Thank you for calling Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. How may we serve you? Assalamu alaikum. This is Brother William Muhammad. Oh, alaikum salam, Brother William. Good to hear your voice, sir. Brother William. Oh, it's great to hear you all as well. It's great to thank you, uh, Brother Rudolph and Brother Youssef, for inviting me today. I look forward to uh, uh, always stirring conversation. Yes. For the listeners that uh, are on the line that don't know this uh, brother here, um, well, first of all, this is my, I call him my little brother, and not because... He's shorter than I am, but or because he's younger than I am, but that is true. This my little brother, and but this brother here, uh, pound for pound, is the heavyweight champ. Okay, in the insurance game. Now, y'all better listen carefully because, you know, Brother Rudolph does not go around spreading rumors, so, and you're not going to hear me, you know, gossiping about nobody. So you better listen close the first time I say because I'm not repeating it. If you need insurance for yourself or for a family member or for your home or you don't understand the insurance that you have, or what your insurance needs are. This is the brother that you need to be talking to so he can sit down with you and sh- help you to structure a policy that is benefit- that is the most beneficial for you and your family in your particular situation. Like when we that's the preparedness and go bags and stuff, you know, like we always tell you, every. Uh-oh. Brother Rudolph, you're fading again. Love it. You're fading again. Oh yes, uh, okay. Yes, he will take specifically. So, brother, will you quite give this little history of who you are with? calling from geographically on the planet and what it is you do. Well, um, again, thank you. I am shorter than you, uh, but most people are. <laughs> you know, six foot 100. <laughs> I am younger than you. Of course I am. <laughs> go. But, uh, no, um, I am actually right outside of Oakland, California. I've been in insurance for several years and before that my background was in finance at a fairly high level um, i have been a uh, a member of the nation of islam for 30 years uh, as of this past january and have held several different positions inside of the mosque and uh, i do work with uh, brother youssef and Brother Rudolph um, as a board member of the Ministry of Health and Human Services. So we, we, we do all kinds of things, but my profession at this moment is in insurance. We do um, 
I do every single kind of insurance that there is. And uh, so I just wanted to make sure that uh, I came on after Rudolph, Brother Rudolph asked me to to kind of explain what some of these things are, some of these terms. Because anytime you have, you're dealing with somebody's money or you're dealing with somebody's home or, uh, heck, their, their life insurance or their auto, I think we owe you a little bit more than a phone conversation and throwing out random numbers and, and words. These things are very, very, very important and they're to protect you from things that may or may never happen. But as I always say, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. So uh, That's right. any, any questions that you all may have, now would be a really good time uh, to, to ask them while you got me on the line. And if you do need personal, uh, if, if someone does need personal advice, uh, Brother Rudolph, they are more than welcome to give me a call and we can review. And even if they choose, hey, William, I like you, but I don't want to do business with you. I don't, I don't quite know you that. I, my cousin does this or whatever. At least you'll know exactly what you're looking for, what's best for you, and you can have your cousin or your friend, your homie, to kind of build things around you the way that you need it as opposed to just going in blind and just taking whatever somebody gives you. That makes sense. Yes, sir. Okay, All so right. since we're saying that, then let's jump right into this thing here. Okay, Wonderful. let's start off with homeowners. So if you're a homeowner, listen up to this. Talk about flood insurance for homeowners and the um, the the secret that's untold to most homeowners about flood insurance. All right. Well, let's, let's get at it. <laughs> Flood insurance is actually a, a, a FEMA product, but flood insurance protects your home against flooding. Your regular homeowner's insurance does not protect you against flooding because it's not flood insurance. It's a fire policy. Um, there may be some things where the flood insurance will work with your um, your particular homeowners, but you would call need to call your insurance agent to get a quote from them. Uh, flood insurance will vary as far uh, as pricing, depending on where you live, how high your uh, how high your property is, according to uh, the water levels uh, in your area, be it a lake or a river or uh, by the ocean. Usually it's very expensive in a place like Florida, California, Texas, and not as expensive in a place like uh, Kentucky or Indiana. Each one of them, each, each policy is going to be tailored specifically to you. And the first thing you need to do is find out if you are in a flood plain. Uh, that can be found out by uh, going to pretty much any insurance agency's um, website. You can go to, uh, if you're in California, you can go to CaliforniaFloodInsurance.com. That will help out. And most states will have that as well. Uh, it's, it's really okay. kind of a, it's really specific to to the area that you live in. Not necessarily the state, but it's specific to property loss due to flooding. Okay. All right. So what All right. you need to do is find out 
if you're not just your state or your city, but your actual neighborhood or the street that you live on is in a floodplain because it will go it will go city to city, neighborhood to neighborhood, street by street, and all of them could be different based on how your home was built. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, Thank you for that. Yes. You're quite now, right. now, let's talk about people who are renting, renting. Um, okay. okay, you're not a homeowner. You're renting an apartment. You're renting a room. You're renting a house. Okay. Sure. How can you guarantee or, or secure yourself against total loss even though you're just renting? You don't own the place that you're living in. What product could they um, benefit by? All right. Well, that is a fire policy. Uh, it's called renter's insurance. It's usually very, very cheap, usually under $25 a month. And it will give you give the, the client anywhere between twenty dollars and $30,000 of personal property. Plus, it will also uh, have something that's called a loss of use clause. So God forbid, you know, you're in there, you're cooking, you know, something catches on fire. Now your apartment is on fire, your home that you're renting is on fire. You know, there is a general insurance for that, for the people who own it. But your renter's insurance is going to protect your personal items anywhere in the world. And that loss of use clause will give you somewhere, will pay for you to have a place to live for, you know, up to two years generally. Uh, or up to a certain dollar amount, that's something that is specific to the policy that you have. Uh, but it will give you up to, you know, about two years while you're either your place is being repaired or you find permanent lodging somewhere. So let's say, when I say your personal belongings anywhere in the world, let's say you're on vacation and you're in Jamaica and you have your laptop and you have your your beautiful, uh, you know, Rolex watch or you got your, you know, just a really nice watch or your wedding band or something, right? Um, yes, sir. And they break into the hotel. They steal all your stuff. You know, you can file a claim with your renter's insurance, and it will replace those things at that current market value. So that's definitely something that, you know, it is a, a cost outside of your rent, but it is well worth it. How many times have we seen, especially during the holiday season or in the summer season when people have a lot of fireworks or there's extreme cold or, uh, they, you know, there's a candle that's left on or there's a, a space heater left on or you got something on these, you know, I don't have them, but, you know, people do have Christmas trees and they light them up. And these things catch on fire. Right. right. Or... Uh, there is some other kind of, you know, I, we saw in uh, in the area that I live in, there was a car that lost control and ran into an apartment building, and the uh, two uh, bottom apartments in that apartment building were messed up by that car accident. Those people used their renter's insurance to have a place to stay while um, while that building is being repaired. It's going to take a good eight eight to ten months for everything to be fixed, but they have a place to live, whether it's in a, in a hotel or it's in a uh, another rental unit, but their renter's insurance covers that. 
you will just yes, have sir. to pay the deductible. And usually that deductible is anywhere between 50 and 500. 500. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank you, brother. Okay, so we, did, we covered flood insurance and we covered renter's insurance. Okay, sure. now let's, let's talk about uh, uh, somebody dying. Or, okay. you know, somebody dying, all right? Let's talk about right. that burial insurance, brother. Well, there is burial insurance. It's basically a whole life policy for most places. We insure everything, right? We insure our car because the state or the federal, the state government says you have to have car insurance. We, uh, we insure our homes because a mortgage company is going to require you to have homeowner's insurance, right? Well, there is a problem that will come about when you pass away. There's only one person in the entire Bible whose death is not recorded, Brother Rudolph, and that's Elijah. Elijah extended in a whirlwind, right? But everybody else (laughs) has that date with destiny. So the question is, do you want people to have a fish fry or a GoFundMe or passing the hat to try to put you away with some dignity and respect? Or or do you want to pay a little bit now and store away for another day or four times that you need it? There are life insurance policies that are out there. Some are there for a living benefit. You will make money on that life insurance policy while you are alive. And then there's some that are there specifically after you have passed away so that your family is able to move on and take care of things even though your income is no longer there. The question that you have to ask is if most families have to have at least two incomes coming in, to survive in 2023. And in the Bay Area, you really need three or four. In New York, you need three or four, truthfully, right? But if if you were to pass away today, how long would your family survive without your income? How long will it take for them to put the pieces back together after an event like someone passing away? This is how you come up with how much insurance that you need. Now, some people don't have family, or some people, hey, I just want to get into the ground, and they have something that's called a final expense policy. And this is, you know, it's anywhere between 10000 depending on the state, between 10000 and 25000 or 10000 15000 or 25000 And this is simply to open a grave, have a small ceremony, have a small cat have a uh, you know uh, inexpensive casket to close the grave and have a marker on it and have a marker so you that your grave is marked it's better to have something brother rudolph than to have nothing in a final expense policy there is no uh 99% of the time there is no medical exam it is what it is you put in your application you pay your premium it's in effect day 1 then you have something that's called a term policy, which is really good for people who want a whole lot of insurance but don't have a whole lot of money. You can They usually start about $100,000 in, pre, in, in uh, policy benefit, 
and a lot of times that that uh, depending on your age, it would be anywhere between twenty five and thirty bucks a month, maybe a little bit more if you're a little older. Okay, and a term insurance policy has no cash value until someone passes away. It allows you to be insured for maybe ten years, twenty years, thirty. I think the maximum I've seen is 40 years. Uh, so if the probability of you passing away is within that 40 years or you have a mortgage or you have a big ticket item that is going to take 20 or 30 years to pay off, it's usually wise to put, you know, put a life insurance policy on yourself. So that way if you passed away, that home would be taken care of. You would have the, your family would have enough money to pay for that home or that large ticket item. Then you have something that's called a whole life policy, and that's exactly what it is. You pay on it for your whole life, right, for most of them. Uh, it, is a, uh, uh, it is a policy that will grow in cash value every single year. Uh, so you may start out with 25000 50000 something like that, and you'll have a lower payment. Uh, and the, the payment on that will, will not change. It will always be the same. So... If you're starting out and as a very young person, you know, and you're paying $30 a month for $50,000 or $100,000 worth of whole life, uh, premium, um, whole life uh, insurance, then that's what it's going to be. However, if you wait until you're 45, 50, 60 years old to get it, it's no longer, excuse me, $20 or $30. It could be $150, $160, $200, depending on how much you get. Life insurance is based on age, height, weight, and sex assigned at birth. That's my disclaimer. <laughs> so those are generally the entire, those are the basic types of life insurance. There are some specialty products. Uh, I know State Farm has something that's called a 20-pay whole life, where it is a whole life policy. It does grow in cash value. Uh a lot of people use it to, uh, you know, because that, that money has already been taxed, so you don't have any tax implications from taking withdrawal from it. So instead of having an IRA or uh, some other um, company or state or uh, some state agency running your retirement, some people will purchase one of these. They pay into it for 20 years. But after that 20 years, that um, policy does continue to grow and you do know and you no longer have a payment on it. So that's always a good way to go, especially if you're trying to uh, be in business for yourself or the place that you work for does not have a retirement. You know, that is a living benefit. You can take a monthly withdrawal off of it. You can uh, borrow against it. It's something that you can use as, uh, as an asset as opposed to a liability. Does that make sense? Yes. Definitely made sense. Definitely. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, emergency, you know, we're talking about disaster preparedness. Disasters are not just when it rains a whole lot or it's extreme heat or that there's a uh, an earthquake or that there's a fire or wildfire. You know, it's not just those things or there is some kind of uh, man-made disaster. It's not always that. Sometimes a disaster could be dad passed away, 
Sometimes that disaster could be my child passed away. That's a very hard thing to think about and to wonder what you're going to do. How are you going to pay for something that's going to cost you upwards of $10,000 at a moment's notice? You got a week to get these people, to get your loved one into the ground. And a lot of people just don't have that 10000 20000 50000 whatever it is, to, to bury our uh, family member, our loved one. So it's best to put something away. It's best to have something in place. I don't care if it is just a small, you know, final expense policy. You put something in place so you can prepare against a day of one. All right, all right. Beautiful, Brother Wayne. All right. Thank you, now, thank you. Last question, and then sure. we're going to let you go, because I, I know you have to uh, get back to work. All right. Sure. What, all right, for the newer, younger, um, uh, as Martin Lawrence calls them, uh, um, um, what do you call them? Them. Uh, oh, man. Man. Those who are wet behind the ears, they still got breath smelling like milk, them boys. Right, right, them thundercats, them young thundercats, you know, that's just starting out. Whether they're single or whether they're a new family just starting out, what would you advise for them? Well, to be honest, I would have them to purchase a combination of two things or, or three or four things, right? Most insurance companies will give you a discount for having multiple lines of insurance. So you may have a renter's insurance and car insurance, and they will give you a discount on both because you have more than one thing. I would look at a some type of whole life policy, and the younger you get it, the cheaper it will be, and it will remain cheap for the entire time that you have it. I like the 20-pay life. It is something that I have on myself. I have it on my son, Ahmad, and we've had it for a couple of years. We're already seeing a return on that investment. And start out small. You don't have to start out with a million dollars worth of coverage. Start out small. And you can always add as things get better for you, especially if you're young, you know, you may not be in the higher bracket of your, of what you're going to be making. You may just be starting out. You may be at a, a, a lower pay wage. You may just be in business for yourself, and it takes a couple of years to kind of get things up and running so things, you know, cash is a little tight. But get something in line. The, cheap, the earlier you get life insurance, the cheaper it is for you. So get yeah. as much as you possibly can afford. And what I usually say, you know, I will come up with a needs analysis. Hey, you know, based on what you have, your family, you have a, you have one child, you have two child, what do you want them to go to school, what do you want to have? Well, man, that's all wonderful. That's good. And you should do that. But realistically, the, the final question is, if everything goes wrong in a month, and I mean everything, worst case scenario what can you afford to pay? And it's not going to hurt you. That may be $20. That may be $50. It may be 100 It's different for each person. So you have to have your, your insurances built around you. 
I would have one whole life because that gains in um, it, it gains in cash value. It is something that is a long-term investment. And then I would have a term policy as long as I could possibly get it. I had a young lady come in. It was about it was about a year ago. Her and her husband came in, and you know, first they didn't want to talk about life insurance, but I kept having this conversation because I saw the kind of vehicle that they have. They have this beautiful, beautiful 2022 um, Corvette, bright red. He had it all tricked. It was a beautiful car, beautiful car. I said, hey, man, you need to get a little small life insurance policy. We can do $100,000. It costs $25 a month. Okay, we'll do it. The next time I saw this woman was her coming into the uh, in, into my office to make a payment on her car insurance and to let us know that her husband had passed away, unfortunately, in this car accident. And so we said, well, wow. we didn't have a claim for you. She's like, no, my family paid for it. You know, we had a little money saved, so we just paid for it. I said, well, ma'am, there's a $100,000 life insurance policy that we can, you know, start the claim on that. Do you have the death certificate? She says, yes. This woman is 26 years old. She got a check for $100,000. She came in. She came back when she got the check, started crying, saying that I can afford to pay for my home now. I don't have to leave my home. Life insurance is for what happens after, right? Ultimately, it's for what happens after. If you have someone that you care about, you have someone that you love, don't leave them with all of your debt. They're already dealing with the pain of losing you. Put something in place. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's small. You have something at work, hey, that's good. That's being smart. But let's be wise because you may not work at that place for the rest of your life. And I don't know about you, Brother Rudolph, I'm not really that comfortable with someone else that I don't know having a life insurance policy on me or owning a life insurance policy on me. I'd rather own it for myself. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Without a doubt. Absolutely. So I just think that uh, that's really the best way to go. Let's, you know, let's work those things out. If you would like to go through me, uh, Brother Rudolph, you're able to, if you're able to give them my phone number, I'm happy to, to have a conversation with you. Okay, no, 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 no. You're good. The best way (laughs) that people can contact you, take the, I want you to take the time now and put it out there however you want them to contact you. Absolutely, absolutely, I'll do that. Uh, the The best way to reach me is through uh, my email, which is wrmohammed, M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D, the number 26, at gmail.com. That's wrmohammed26 at gmail.com. You may also reach me on my uh, on my uh, work line, which is five one zero seven seven six zero seven two two. I'm sorry, you went back out, brother Rudolph. Give your work number again. Five one zero seven seven six 
0722. Okay, now here's the here's the last thing before you go. Um, and this may not pertain to a lot of people. Insurance for their family pet. There is pet insurance. <laughs> there absolutely, and I do pet insurance, right? But pet insurance is specific to breeds, age, and health yeah. of the dog or, or yes, sir. you know, your, your pet. I mainly will right. do for, for dogs, not necessarily cats, uh, not necessarily for birds or anything else. It's usually for, you know, a canine. Uh, but that is a specialized insurance, and everybody is not licensed to do that. Uh, it right. will cover some of the emergency situations. As you know, pe- you know, in the Bay Area, there are more pets and more dogs than there are children. People oh, yes, have sir. more pets than they have children, right? Yes, just sir. because of where we are, right? They, and they treat their pets just like people. They have, That's right, without they have a their doubt. Own clothes, they have shoes, they have their own little hat. And scarves and hoodies. I saw. I saw. Yeah. I saw a dog the other day that had little Timberlands and a hoodie on. I swear. I swear. Is oh yes, sir. No, it's real, brother. That's, that's real. real. People thing. go all out for their pets, well, man. That's right. They it's go real. all out. So when that time right. comes, and this pet has has gotten sick or it's eaten something that it has should not have eaten, like a piece of chocolate or. Uh, you know, chased out or started eating. Well, you know, our dogs, when we was coming up, Rudolph, our, our dogs ate grass and, <laughs> you know, whatever else, they chicken bones they found on the floor, you know, on the outside. But, um, you know, when, when these things happen, those surgeries can get very, very expensive, very, very quick. Uh, but it's, it, it, it is, there are policies that are out there that will help you. One of them I like to uh, use, because I know it's a little hard to find that, is uh, Trupanion, which is spelled T-R-U-P-A-N-I-O-N, Trupanion. And uh, you can give me a call if you need help navigating uh, through that. But I'm happy, to, I'm happy to help out wherever you are. Most people don't even know yeah. about pet insurance. <laughs> But that yes, there is pet insurance. Absolutely. Yes, sir. That, that, that's why I brought it. Now, brother Rudolph, before I go, I would like to say one other thing. I know it may sound morbid to some, but it's really not. Really, it's an investment in your children. If you yeah. have small children, even babies, day one. They can have a life insurance policy put on them. And I would suggest for those who are, you know, we talked about being smart, right? Smart is having something. Well, let's be wise. Wise is having something that is going to help not just you, but the person who is being insured 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now. Planning for the future. Absolutely. Let's plan for the future. Get put a small life insurance policy on your baby. Put a large life insurance policy on your child, a whole life where you can gift it to them 
when they turn 18 or they turn 21 or they turn 22 or whatever age that it is that your that your child is and by that time that little policy would have grown in cash value enough to help pay for college or to give them a good start or uh, start when you send them off into the world on their own you know or they just don't have to worry about life insurance anymore because it continuously grows. So imagine right. if you would have started your life insurance policy, your whole life policy 20 years ago, how much would it be worth now? Now do that for a brand for a brand new baby boy, baby girl. They would have that kind of money saved up and you did it. You started a college fund for them and you didn't even know it. How Man. about that? For $20, $30. See? So these things are here to help mitigate any kind of losses. That's what insurance is for. It is to put you back where you were before the disaster happened. That's what insurance is for. It's not to make you rich. It's not to make you know, for you to get an extra twenty or thirty thousand dollars after you done had a car accident, it's really to make you whole. That's why you have flood insurance. Mm-hmm. That's why you have earthquake insurance. If you live in an area like California where earth where we're prone to earthquakes, that's why you have right. tornado insurance or wind insurance. That's why you have these things. You know, so let's let's take a review. You know, sit down when you have an opportunity or make some time to sit down and pull out all of those insurance papers, read through, highlight the things that you don't understand. Give your insurance agent a call. Or you can give me a call, 510-776-0722, and I would be more than happy to review that with you. And I won't even charge no whole lot, just a smile and a bean pie. How about that? I'm on half of that bean pie, brother. I'm your brother. I get half. You get half. <laughs> you still going to get the other half. half. I just take that little sliver in the middle that's kind of left over. You know, in that little middle where everybody don't quite cut it right, I'll just take that little part right there. Hey, look, if it's a Sister Willamay bean pie, I get two-thirds. No, you can't get none of that, brother. That's over. Uh, <laughs> no, you can't get none of Sister Willamay. It's a number seven original, baby. You know how yes, that sir. That's right. Praise be to the Lord. Yes. Well, Brother William, thank you, Brother. Um, you Any closing remarks? Uh, no, anything? I just wanted to let you all know again, thank you very much for the opportunity. I love you all. You all are my family. Thank you, more, than, more, more tight than blood. We've been knowing each other for 30 years. <laughs> you know, yeah, we've been That's a real statement. That's a real statement. Praise and, be uh, to the uh, every day I grow to love and respect you all even more. Shout out to the Best I Volunteer Ambulance Corps, always and first in my heart. Oh, yes, yes, sir. We love Rocky. We miss Rocky. We we yes, love sir. what he produced and gave to all of us. So That's uh, right. I wanted That's to right. make sure that I ended on that note. Rudy, love you. Yousef, love, love you. Love you too, brother. Man, it's real. Love you as well. We're all out here in the field. All right. Man, give my, give my nephew a hug for me, brother. Absolutely. That I will do. That I will Thank do. You I'll give yes, one to you, too, yourself. All right? 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you all so much. May Allah continue to bless you all. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. Thank you. Wa alaykum salam, sir. Man. Beautiful. Man. Man, man. Man, that was a lot of of information, brother. A lot of good information uh, on why we need insurance and the different types of insurance that's out there to have. Yes, sir. Man. That's right. That's right. Man, I'm, I'm well, watching the news while Brother Yusuf, I'm watching the news right now while while we were on the air, and it just flashed across it in my area alone where I am that there are seventy six thousand eight hundred and four power outages right now in this area. Isn't there something? Due to due well, to um, due to the weather, and we've been having almost every other day tornadoes. Tornadoes and people. I remember right. when I first moved here, brother Yusuf. People told me, "Oh, we don't have tornadoes in Detroit. Tornado doesn't tornadoes don't happen here in Detroit. <laughs> they happen in now, well, and they happen every week, right. brother. And we talking f f threes." F2s to F4s right here in in, in the city of Detroit. So, you know, uh, to to everybody that's out there, a word to the wise is sufficient. You should be checking the news in your local area at least twice a day. You should be checking it when you get up in the morning and at least checking it before you go to bed just so you can be aware of what's coming your way so that you can properly prepare yourself and your family. I just wanted to throw that out there real quick, Brother Yusuf. No, it's critically important. Real talk in real time. You know what's going on right there where you are in Michigan, brother. I'm looking at the weather uh, channel. So they have tropical disturbance floods in southern Florida as we speak. Here where I am in the southeastern part of Virginia, Tidewater, Hampton Roads, the seven cities, whatever you want to call it, the 757, it's 96 degrees, but there's a heat advisory warning from now until tomorrow at 8 o'clock, 48 hours of 90 degrees, but, I mean, the heat advisory might take us over 100 degrees, if the truth be told. So, brothers and sisters, word to the wise is sufficient. Brother Rudolph said in the beginning of today's show, as they say during the trailers in the movie theaters, coming to a city near you soon, soon is before we even close out of what's going on all over this country, you know, um, again, while we open up spiritually every week because we just don't know what's going to happen when. No man knows the day nor the hour, but we know enough to know that we're living in a time like there never was a time in the nation, as it says in the Scripture. We're living at a time where 
There'll be wars and rumors of wars. Uh, nations shall rise up against nations. There'll be pestilence and famine and earthquake in diverse places. But it says these are just the beginning of sorrows. So we know what it is. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that's why we have to go to our people and teach them disaster preparedness. That's why we have to go to our people and teach them uh, self-defense, which is another form of disaster preparedness. And on that note, shout out to Grandmaster Aziz Muhammad and the members of his family and his crew that's engaging in the National Training Conference in Chicago as we speak. So we don't know if we'll have a specially invited guest pop in before we close out. It's actually 5.13 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But this is also a critical conference that takes place every year. That's right. Because self-defense is, you know, where is that, brothers and sisters? It starts in the home and then spreads abroad. One of the right. things I was saying earlier, Brother Rudolph, when I, when I spoke in New Haven, to go seven to seven cities in seven days, you got to be in shape. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Just to travel oh, that. Yes, sir. Just That's to travel right. that. You know, That's you, right. You, you can't be out of shape and travel from city to city, day to day, and be out of shape. Shape Man, of the vehicle just by which to, you're traveling in. Brother, just do this work. You got to be in some kind of decent shape. You know, staying in shape That's is right. definitely disaster preparedness, brother. That's right, brothers and sisters. You have to. Uh, one of the things I said to the young people, Brother Rudolph, is number one, use your time to develop your talent. Right. Number two, study. Study to show yourself approved. Number three, organize. As I listened to uh, Brother William talk about the insurance and why, I thought about Proverbs 6 and 6, study the ant, O thou sluggard, and become wise. Ants are organized. I thought about the 16th chapter in the Holy Quran, Surah, the bees. Bees are organized. What about you and I, brothers and sisters? For I told them concerned about how to eat and live. Eat for nutrition and not just for taste. Any other diet is really just a waste. But also consider, you know, we have a saying in the nation, weighing other than yourself. And so weighing other than yourself is not just your food intake. It's your thoughts. It's your spirituality. Not in shape spiritually or mentally. It's going to show you physically looking other than yourself. Right. Yes, sir. The last, I, 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 I gave him a little, back in the day, bloodstone. Do everything you do on the natural high. Take to the sky on the natural high. Loving you more to the day. Because, you know, with these, these, these right. other folk, you know, uh, 
the most part, uh, establishing these uh, distribution manufacturing centers of a drug we don't know what the hell we smoking or drinking or sniffing. Don't get caught in the opium dope. You know, there's there's there's, there's a medicinal purpose for 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 everything natural, but I mean, it looks like, brother, I, I they had a uh, one of them facilities next to the mosque down in Norfolk, brother. When they first opened up, brother, they had all people going in there like he was the Pied Piper, brother. It's flopping. new crack, brother. I know. new crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's another addiction. That's what it is. Another addiction. Yeah. Don't let don't 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 let them reel you in, brothers and sisters. Throw a stone at them. You know, hurl truth at falsehood until we knock out their brain. Don't let them reel you in. That's another kind of fishing. Nah, all the more so why we got to fish and get you on the right straight now. This is what I thought most the king because this world don't want us to know ourselves. This world don't want us to know the all-wise, true, and living God. Not that he's coming. He's here. Right. Well, we got a That's lot of work sure. to do, brothers and sisters. We got a lot of work to do. So I I I I I hope your brother William Muhammad speaking about insurances as much as I enjoyed it. Brother was thorough, brother was clear. I mean we know our brother, but you know, I just love it, man, when 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 God brings people to you, through you, for you, from you, like fine wine. They just get better with time, so they tell me. And so <laughs> That's right. I thank a lot for Brother Wayne. I thank a lot for Brother Wayne. I thank you, Brother Rudolph, for doing your research that he will come on. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Brother, as we are 5.18 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we can take it from there. Yes, sir. You know, I'm going to use this time right here. I'm going to use to talk about uh, another piece of insurance uh, that we all should know, and that's CPR, or cardiopulmonary resuscitation, the choking procedure, and basic first aid. That's a type of insurance that we should all have, because you never know when someone close to you. And I'm not talking about for your job. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about keeping this thing personal. One of your children, one of your grandchildren, one of your siblings, somebody up under your roof, in your own personal home, in your personal circle. When their heart stops beating and they stop breathing, what are you going to do besides dial 911? And while you're waiting for 911 to respond, you know, Public Enemy had a song back in the 90s, which was so on point in New York City, said 911 is a joke in your town. Well, 911 is a joke in your town, especially now since we know that nationally there's such a national, it's a critical shortage of EMTs and paramedics that you won't know when 911 is going to show up. So what you going to do while you waiting for somebody and what kind of fool do you look, would you look like 
waiting for someone else to come into your home to do something for a member of your family that you should have been and could have done for yourself. All it takes is a little education and a little training. It's not hard to do. CPR is not hard. You you push in the center of the chest, push hard, push fast. What are you doing? You have become the heartbeat or the pump. You're activating the pump for that body. Whenever a person stops breathing and they stop, their heart stops beating, there is still oxygen-rich blood trapped in that container. It's just it's not moving now because the pump is not working. Well, it's just like water. Water gives life, but if water sits too long, water will also take life because disease will set in in stagnant water. Well, blood is the same way. Blood is the life of the body, and it carries oxygen and nutrients in it to every cell of the body when it's moving. And so if the heart stops beating, then you have to become the heartbeat for that body. And by simply doing chest compressions, you can force the oxygen-rich blood out of the heart and circulate it completely around that body to keep oxygen-rich blood going to the cells until help arrives. When I teach CPR, and I got this from my father, may Allah be pleased with him, why do we do CPR? It's not to save lives, although that's the number. If this was like Family Feud, that would be the number one answer. It would say to save lives, but that's not true. We don't do CPR to save lives because there's no life to save once you're doing CPR. If you ever find yourself doing CPR on someone, know for a certain that person is already dead, or they should be if you're doing CPR on them, because CPR does not start until the person is already dead. You don't begin doing CPR. PR until the heart has stopped beating and they have stopped breathing. And at the very point that you stop breathing and your heart stops beating, you're no longer alive. You are dead. D-E-D. Dead. What is the definition of dead? No heartbeat and not breathing. Yeah, yeah, you know, I said that. That's for that, That's for the GED crew, like myself, brother. brother that, and that's, you know, yeah, that's me, special egg all day. Special egg all day, brother, D-E-D. Say it like you mean. Say it, spell it like you say it. Spell it like it sounds. D-E-D. <laughs> yeah, so when you start doing chest compressions, and I'm not even talking about doing ventilations. You ain't, you don't have to blow into their mouth. Why? Because they already have at least 5% oxygen trapped in the container. So all you have to do is circulate it. Just circulate it. So just get on there, put your hands in the center of the chest, and begin pushing down. For the adult to try and compress the chest, 5 centimeters or 2.5 centimeters. 
For the child, slightly uh, slightly less. And for the infant, you want to try and compress the chest one-third to one-half the depth of the chest. But you have to push that chest because you're squeezing the heart muscle between the chest or the breastbone and the spine, forcing the oxygen-rich blood out of the chambers of the heart and throughout the And in doing so, again, you're taking oxygen and nutrients to every cell of the body and your body until so everybody needs to to do CPR, but not just the how to. You need to know why you're doing CPR. When you can understand why you're doing CPR, it becomes that much easier. And then you need to know when to do CPR. And all three of those questions can be answered in a simple CPR class. If you don't know, now you know. And there's no excuse for not knowing, especially with the worldwide web right now, with YouTube, the YouTube Academy and the Internet out there. There's no need to uh, 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 be ignorant about anything because there's too much information at your fingertips. You know, we always joke. I know I I, I do it. It's not really a joke, um, but I say it in a joking fashion. You know, we have smartphones. I say that about myself because I know that my phone is capable of doing so much more than I do with it if I but knew. Mm-hmm. But it's fine for me as long as I can make a call and receive a call and tap into the internet and get some information when I need to. Possibly see it, or send an email and read an email and send a text. Uh, and every now and then hear a little bit of music. I'm good. But I know in the hands right. of the right person, man, somebody can take this phone out that and do 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 all kind of things with it. Because that's just, we're just in the age of technology now. So there's no excuse for ignorance other than you just want to be that way. You ignore the fact that you don't know and you want to stay there. Some Somebody says ignorance is bliss. No, well, ignorance is something else. That's another show for another time, Brother Yusuf, another show for another time. CPR, cardiopulmonary resuscitation, restarting the heart that has simply just circulating oxygen-rich blood around a body until the professionals arrive to do more. If a person is choking, their airway is blocked, they can't move air out or get air in, it's only a matter of time before they collapse and they will die. Why? Because there's no oxygen getting to the brain. So what is it that you can do to help clear that airway? Well, you can do the abdominal thrust, which is a procedure that is designed to either move the object up and out of the airway or move it enough where it may drop into your lung and open your lung, but they're 
you will still be alive in order to take the antibiotic rather than be dead simply because no one knew enough to help you clear your airway. So the choking procedure is another form of insurance for you if you but knew. And, again, it takes less than 15 minutes to learn in order to save a life or restore a life. And then the uh, basic first aid. Well, what is basic first aid? What it says. It's basic aid that's given first to that person that's in need. And it goes across the board. If the person is having a diabetic-related crisis, well, what do they need? Do they need orange juice? Do they need sugar? Do they need the insulin? They need. Well, you have to look at the signs and check out the symptoms that they're exhibiting or telling you or throwing at you, and then by evaluating the signs and symptoms, you will be able to come up with an answer to your question, and then for every, of course, answer, there is a uh, remedy, a treatment, a solution. There's a technique involved that you can use to help get them back to balance. But you have to know it, and the only way to know it is to learn it. And it doesn't take long, 15 or 20 study them so that you will have them when you need them. A person that's going through um, an environmental crisis, all right, he, we're, we're in the, all across the United States, there are heat emergencies going on. People are falling out with heat exhaustion, heat cramps, heat stroke. What do you do for that person? Well, the first thing you want to do is make sure that the scene is safe for you to be there. Mm-hmm. It's safe for you to be there. Then you want to get that person in out of the element that they're in and into a cool environment. Get them into the cool environment. You want to let the larger responding community that there is an emergency at this location. So you want to activate the emergency response system or call 911 and let them know that you have a medical emergency in the city that you're in. And then you keep that line open for the emergency medical dispatcher so that they can talk you through whatever medical procedures need to be done as long as you're calm enough to listen and respond as they tell you to. And then you want to uh, see, is the person awake? Are they breathing? Are they circulating? Meaning, is their heart beating? Are they circulating oxygen-rich blood throughout their body? So you want to check a pulse. First thing you want to do is check if they're not speaking to you, if they're unconscious or unresponsive, you want to check that carotid pulse in the side of the neck to make sure heart beating. And either it is or it's not. 
if the heart is not beating, then you should immediately start chest compressions to start circulating that oxygen-rich blood to keep brain cells alive until help arrives. If they need to make sure that they're breathing. Well, I hear that uh, siren right there. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. To whom do we have the pleasure of speaking to, and how may we be of service to you? Brother, I have a question for you, brother. Yes, sir. Could you explain to the listening audience the difference when you touch somebody and their skin is clammy and cool and clammy and hot and the difference when you look at somebody's skin, what is it, what do those things in, indicate in, indicate to you, brother, and what should be the next steps? Oh, brother, that's an excellent question. Um, thank you for that question, brother. Yes, by looking at a person's skin, touching a person's skin, feeling their skin, it can tell you a whole lot about what's going on with the person. All right, so let's look at the skin. We call it CTC, color, temperature, and condition. Well, let's look at, let's talk about color. What color should the skin be? Regardless to your pigmentation, skin has, the skin has a distinct color that it should be. All right? If, if your skin is very pale, then that could indicate that there's a circulatory problem going on and that you're not receiving enough oxygen-rich blood circulating throughout your skin. If your skin is very flushed or red, then that means that circulatory system because there's an overabundance of blood right up under your skin. Your blood vessels have dilated, and it's flooding the surface of your skin with oxygen-rich blood for whatever the reason. It could be chemical. It could be uh, um, it could be a response to something that's going on with your nervous system. You could be scared about something. Something could have you know scared you. Uh, you could be having an allergic reaction to something. But for whatever the reason, it has increased the amount of oxygen-rich blood directly up under the skin, so the skin turns bloodshot red. And it doesn't matter if you are blurple, uh, you, you will be able to see this color change. Then the, uh, so we're talking about extreme. And then the other one is bluish skin. Bluish skin indicates that there is no oxygen traveling or getting to the cells directly up under the skin or your surface layer of skin, your epidural layer. Um, There's no oxygen getting there, so the skin has a cyanotic look. Okay, so that's color. Then let's go to the T, which stands for temperature. What does temperature mean? Well, temperature tells you a lot. 
it, and the temperatures that we are talking about is either hot or cold. And when you can really determine hot and cold by the back of your hand, that's an extreme thing in a human being to be able to feel cold on their skin, meaning that their core temperature is down. It, the normal body temperature is somewhere around 98.6. That's, very, that's rather warm. But if you take the back of your hand and put it on someone's skin, their forehead or on their arm or, or something, and you can feel the coldness on your skin, that means that their body temperature, that core body temperature has dropped, which indicates that they are in a crisis. Or the other extreme, that you can feel it and it almost burns your skin when you touch it. That means that their core body temperature is extremely elevated, and that is a problem. See, you don't have to be able to know what the problem is. You just have to be able to recognize that the condition is not normal and then know enough to activate the emergency response system. And, again, if you take a class, it will teach you the things that you can do to mitigate it, the circumstance, until help arrives. And then the last C, condition. And the conditions that we're talking about is either wet or dry. It's wet or dry. Is the skin moist or is the skin dry? Now, dry skin ordinarily doesn't mean a thing. But dry, cool skin, that's something totally different. Or dry, hot skin is something if your skin is very hot and it's dry, that means you're not producing perspiration. You're not sweating. That, that's a, that could be a major problem, especially when the ambient temperature or the atmospheric temperature is very high or it's very hot outside and everybody else is perspiring. Why aren't you perspiring? That, that's a problem that could indicate heat stroke which is a life-threatening condition. A person's skin that's moist and cool to the touch indicates that there is a thing going on or something is going on that's causing their skin to be what we call clammy or moist, but the temperature of the skin is cool, that could indicate a heart problem looming or they're in the middle of one right then. They could be having a attack right of you and they not know it and you not know it because you can have a heart attack and still be alive. When you have a cardiac arrest, that's when you're dead. But a heart attack simply means portion of your heart muscle has died or is dying or there's necrosis and you're experiencing the pain and your body is trying to compensate for what's going on. So it's going to speed the heart up so that it beats faster, so it pumps more oxygen-rich blood 
to the body, but it can only sustain that for a certain amount of time before it shuts down. So, again, CTC, color, temperature, and condition, all right? The colors are red, white, and blue. The temperatures are cool or hot, and the condition is moist or dry. The distinct uh, connotation and can tell you and direct you to a specific body system that is malfunctioning or that needs attention. But these are the things that you will learn in a basic first aid class if you take it with me. And I do classes over via Zoom. I do classes in person. I do classes over the phone. Again, I'm not, I, I haven't said a word about certification. I said classes. Why? Because I'm talking about you learning. We're not talking about certification. We're talking about the knowledge that's necessary for a person to know. Uh, so I hope that answers your question, uh, Brother Forrest. Brother Yusuf, I'm going to turn this back over to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you did answer my question, brother, but you left out something that you taught me, brother, so I'm just going to bring it up. Oh, yes, sir. If you, think you, if you think you're having a heart attack, what should you do? Besides call 911. Oh, you... oh, uh... <laughs> I'm going to let Brother Forrest answer this question himself because it's nothing that first-hand knowledge, uh, you know, from from a person that knows because they've been there. Yeah, Brother Forrest, what should day. you do? Yeah, I mean, the first thing you do is uh, immediately get yourself to the hospital. But, however, coughing keeps your heart going. You know, you, you can save yourself correct. by just profusely coughing as powerful as you can. And not and the coffee. main thing That's is always correct. not panic. But I'm, I, I want the listening audience to know a couple of things uh, or take into account a couple of things. Because you said not certification but training. Even if you are not comfortable executing everything, what happens when the police or the EMTs come to your home to stay one of your loved ones, and you're looking at them and you're wondering if you don't know if they're doing the right thing or not. Everybody, you know, I right. told I tell people all the time. Every you got a million people with a driver's license, correct? But how many people on the road are actually drivers? So you could pass the EMT course with a C average, with a C. That's you know I don't necessarily know, know if I want a person with a C grade working on me, but that person could have a C as, as compared to somebody who, who passed with a ninety-five or an eighty-five. So you you should know how they're supposed to be treating you and your loved one. So you can say, hold on, why are you doing that? He, he's, his skin is clammy and, 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 and cold. Why are you, why are you, what, what are you about to run in this IV on him? Why are you doing this? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not uh, using ice? And another thing, brother, you told me was a stroke. You got to get that core body down as fast as possible. Put them in ice as fast as possible. So I just wanted to add that, brother. But all this stuff I learned from Brother Budo, so I'm not trying to take credit for it. You better take credit for it because you learned it, brother. It's one thing for, and we've all, look, think about it. We've all been to school and sat in some just where the teacher was teaching, 
But we wasn't paying attention, so we really didn't learn. But you learned, brother, and to show you how God works, God made sure that you learned it because he put you to the test while you crashed. And praise be to Allah, brother, you're still here with us. You're still here with us. That's right. So all praise is due to Allah. Brother Yusuf? All praise is due to Allah. All praise is due to Allah. Great, great questioning, Brother Forrest. Great answers, Brother Rudolph. And we pray our listening audience got out of it what your intention was, uh, your question, the answer. As we uh, segue into the last 15 minutes of this week's program, I just thought it was so beautiful how uh, Brother Rudolph gave us that CTC. The colors of red, white, and blue, the temperatures of cold and hot, the condition of moist and dry, and how, uh, first of all, was inspired by Brother Forrest's question. And then he had an additional question that he could speak to from experience. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. I pray our listening audience is taking advantage of what we've heard today. You know, um, taking a a page out of Brother Barry's book about that parachute as a picture, that parachute as an analogy. Right. You you must have it before you need it. <laughs> you must have it on. Number three, you must know how it works. You must know number four when to use it. It must operate and function properly. And lastly, you must learn how to pack your own. You don't have an option. There you go. That's right. To say the life you save may be your own. So when it comes to basic first aid, CPR, choke procedure, or the extraction of food, the life you save might be your own. And as Brother Forrest said, the last thing you want to do is feel vulnerable even before you call 911. Then when you call 911, if the scenario goes away unfamiliar to you or anybody uh, in your purview in the room at the time, and it's your loved one, your family that needs the assistance, you're going to feel even a little bit more vulnerable because you didn't take time to come to Brother Rudolph's class or you didn't take an initiative to go to your local firehouse or see what programs are offered where you live, you'd be surprised. There are programs being offered right where you live. It's like, you know, when you're in the hood and you see the brothers on the corner and, you know, usually the greetings is, yo, what's happening? Usually the response is, ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. Well, damn, the <laughs> wires over your head got all kind of information going through them wires. What's happening? Ain't nothing. Well, what above the wires? You got wildfire that you can't even see. But it operates right. that phone, that cell phone, smartphone for dumb people, as Brother Rudolph was talking about me. You see? 
Hey, Martin. <laughs> Got all kind of fiber optics right under your feet. So, yeah, it's something happening. You just have to take advantage of it. You'd be surprised that you can take advantage of, uh, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. But you know what it is? Brother Rudolph, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said about young people, they are the best generation ever produced but they have 10 times as many distractions. So that's another thing, brothers and sisters, that you have to be concerned about. So much going on in the world to distract you. You see, stay focused, brothers and sisters. Stay the course. (laughs) These are the ones that are successful, as it says in the Holy Quran. Right? So... That's right. Let, let, let That's us right. continue to, to study. Let's be like that ant that prepares for the winter and the summer and prepares for the summer in the winter. In the winter. That's be right. Like that yes, grasshopper. Sir. Don't get caught like the grasshopper who enjoyed summer. He enjoyed the summer weather. But cold weather kills him and freezes him to death because he didn't have a house to lodge in. There's so many different things, brothers and sisters, that we just take the opportunity to stop and focus on self, stop and focus on the gifts and the opportunities before us. And then once you're given them, you take advantage of them, pay it forward. It's like um, one of my favorite scriptures says, to whom much is given, much is required and expected. So stay focused on your goal, brothers and sisters, whatever it may be, personally or professionally. Stay resilient, persevere. The race is not to the swift or the strong, but to those who endure to the end. Tighten up your gifts, your talents, your skills, your knowledge and ability, and don't forget to pay it forward. Because somebody wished that they could be in your shoes right now, no matter what you consider your horror story to be, ask the person next to you about their life and let them start telling you about their horror stories, their challenges, their trials, their adversities, their uh, 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 obstacles. And then you start feeling like, well, damn, mine ain't so bad. Mine ain't so bad. You know, by God's grace and mercy, we have the ability to turn our trials into triumphs, turn our obstacles into opportunities, and turn our adversity into advantage. So thank you, Brother Rudolph, for sharing that. Again, many thanks to Brother William Muhammad, who shared his expertise today on life insurance, the different kinds, pet insurance. Flood insurance. Right. You know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said those, and I quote, those who are scripturally prepared know that it is prophesied that we would be living in a time of wars and rumors of war, pestilence, famine, and earthquakes in diverse places. We are witnessing terrifying disasters afflicting the peoples of the world. And those disasters are now afflicting the United States of America. Believing that those prophecies will be fulfilled, it is our duty 
to learn as much as we can on disaster preparedness and to do all we can to prepare the American people and our people in particular for coming disasters, quote, unquote, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So, brothers and sisters, we have the last eight minutes of this week's program. It's still not too late to call in if you desire to have a question, comment, or concern relative to what you heard, relative to what you're experiencing, where you live. That's critically important relative to your family, be it a nuclear family, an extended family, or blended family. All of us are engaged in something of that sort. No man lives on the island. You say, no, I'm single. I'm, I'm living as an individual. Or, or you might be saying, I'm living my life like a golden, golden. That's Jill Scott, right? Illy Jilly from Philly, right? But no, no for the shorty brothers and sisters. This disaster awareness for community preparedness is really nothing to play with. My own power could go out before this show closes out in the last eight minutes or so. What will I do? Do I have a generator? What will I do if my mother-in-law of 94 years old feels her skin turns a certain color, the temperature of her body, I have to look at the color. Brother Rudolph used that acronym, Be Fast, when it came to someone having a stroke. And then there may be people in your family that have dementia. There's a way that you deal with them. There's so much, brothers and sisters. We just try to bring to you week after week, week by week, that which is given to us to give to you and to give to us. We're not just talking to you. We're talking with you. That's why we encourage you to call in every week to uh, extend and augment that which we have for the curriculum, for the syllabus, if you will, for the lesson plan for each and every Friday from 4 to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So as we are at the last five minutes, Brother Rudolph, if there's anything you'd like to, to add or that you think we missed this week, the floor is yours, big brother. No, uh, I'm going to – where I think we covered a lot. And I think we are right out there on their plate. Came in kind of broken up again, Brother Rudolph, but the last I heard was we did put a lot on their plates as we do every week, and we normally do a uh, – you fade in we and play out, that, Brother Rudolph. That. Oh, tell about now, brother. It's my location, brother. Good. Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah I just pray that the listeners were able to use what we very hum- try, humbly tried to put out there to them this week and that some of it will be able to help someone get closer 
but to being prepared than they were when they came to the show. And we pray that you will bring somebody with you to the show next week at the same time, station, um, if Allah allows us time another week to come back where we will give more information on best practices when disaster strikes. Well, we thank you, Brother Rudolph. I'll close out with a couple of announcements from uh, FEMA's weekly um, bulletin. Uh, there is a um, summer ready heat preparedness webinar coming on coming up on the 16th of August. They got quite a few things to to to, to talk about. We just encourage you to go to uh, ready.gov. And, uh, again, the uh, National Training Conference is happening in Chicago uh, this weekend. Um, One of the other things I found on my journey, brothers and sisters, was a couple family members. I could tell when they're not considering what you call inspection and inventory in your home. And I say that in the context of fire safety. You know, sometimes we can accumulate so much stuff in our homes that we just keep moving it around, stacking it up, stacking it up, moving it around. And until you do what I guess people consider spring cleaning, when you start that project, you realize, Damn, where did all this stuff come from? And see, that's not good in terms of a fire hazard. So consider the things in your home, inventory, things you don't need that you've kept for years. Throw it out. Don't become a, would say, a borderline hoarder, whatever that is. <laughs> But do an inventory, brothers and sisters, and get rid of the combustibles in your home that you don't need uh, because the last thing you want to do is um, start a fire and that becomes difficult for you and for you to get out and for the firefighters to get in unnecessary combustibles. So as I close out every week, I say thank you, thank you, thank you for calling in. And even with these few words shared by me and we, I guess it's still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family, and real freedom is responsibility, the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary. Thank you once again for tuning in to Disaster Awareness for week uh, for Community Preparedness, and Lord willing, next week, same time, same station, we'll get back together. We leave you as we greeted you with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.